Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode on RNFM Radio on the Pulse of Nursing. This is the leading platform for nurses and we're thrilled to have you tune in for the latest news, trends, and hot topics with the leaders and thought provokers in our industry. Speaking of tuning in, if you're with us live, you're hanging out on number episode or number episode the numbered episode is 92 and we have just entered into december 2013 and we're squeezing every last drop of opportunity here in 2013 just to make sure that we're making the most of it as we start thinking about ringing in 2014 welcome i'm kevin ross i'm here in my studio in colorado my fellow co-host hanging out in santa fe new mexico Keith Carlson, it's always a pleasure to be here with you this evening, sir. So how are things in your area? Hey, Kevin, things are great down here. It's a beautiful, slightly chilly day in Santa Fe, sunny as always or as usual. And things are great. I'm really excited about tonight's guests and this being episode 92. And like you said, winding down 2013 and getting ready for lots of exciting things in 2014. So it's an exciting night, and we have a lot to talk about and a lot to share. So we're going to move on very shortly. So, Kev, would you give everyone the rundown on how to get in touch and stay in touch, and then we will start introducing our two wonderful guests for the evening. Well, of course, Keith, and as everyone knows, or if you don't know, and you're tuning in, uh, a new listener, that is, everything's happening over at rnfmradio.com, and I mean everything, everything. You know everything about Keith and myself, and of course, our guests and the community over there. We have all of our archive shows and our live shows over there as well, so if you head over to rnfmradio.com, you can listen to any of our shows by just clicking the Listen Now button, and we're live right there. Uh, and, of course, archived as well. And we're hanging out under the hashtag RNFM Radio. And, of course, if you don't know anything about hashtags, well, where have you been? Well, if you're here, I'll tell you. Hashtags are something that we use to follow a stream of conversations on Twitter and, of course, various other social media platforms. But Twitter specifically is where we're hanging out. And, again, that is hashtag RNFM Radio. Any questions, comments, feedbacks, hey, how are you? Uh, what's what, just let us know, and we will certainly tweet you back. Now, we also are archived on iTunes under the podcast section, so if you just go into podcasts and search RNFM Radio, you'll find us there as well. And we are proud to be members of the ProMed Network family, and you can find us over there, promednetwork.com forward slash RNFM Radio. We also have a call-in number, not necessarily for the studio, I'll give you that number in just a minute, but... Our call number for voicemails and texts, you can reach us at 720-466-3022. What can you expect? Well, it's a voicemail. You're not going to have us picking up the phone, but what we would love to do is pick up voicemails and texts from you just to let us know, hey, you're out there and you enjoy the show or you have specific questions or comments regarding any upcoming guests. We love having callers and engagement and all kinds of, you know, anything in between when it comes to social media or telephone. Now, speaking of phone numbers, this is important. Write this one down because you're going to want to know this because we'd love to have you come in on the show live with us to add anything as far as questions or commentary. That number is 347-308-8064. That's our studio call-in number. You can call that just to listen in if you'd like. And, of course, you can call to just come on in and offer something to our guests or to keep it myself. 
Anyway, and as always, we will give you a roundup of the upcoming guests as we are getting toward the end of 2013. But don't don't write that one off just yet because, again, 2013 is still jam-packed with some great content out there. So anyway, I'll hand the virtual mic back to Keith, and I'll have him start introducing our lovely guests this evening. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for covering all that information for folks to get in touch and stay in touch with us. Now, we have two guests tonight from One Nurse at a Time at onenurseatatime.org, and it is a volunteer organization, nonprofit, uh, that brings nurses around the world to provide amazing volunteerism in many, many communities in many countries, and we'll touch on that. We have two guests to... to uh, introduce this evening. I'll be introducing one, then Kevin will introduce the next. And we're going to start with Sue Averill, RN. She grew up as an army brat, which gave her a love for travel and other cultures. And that was cemented in her mind by living in Mexico two years when she was a young woman. From the age of five, she wanted to be a nurse. And she began her ER nursing career back in the late 70s in 1979. After a devastating earthquake in Mexico City in 85, she organized and led a 21-person team that provided medical care to an affected area, collaborating with the Salvation Army. And this was her first real foray into that humanitarian arena. She got herself an NBA, had a stint in the business world, but decided to dedicate most of her time to humanitarian medical work, teaching in Cambodia, traveling in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, and designing medical clinics in Honduras and Vietnam. She now considers herself, I love this, a humanitarian snowbird. She does ER nursing in Seattle six months a year and works for Doctors Without Borders and other volunteer organizations during the winter. So one nurse at a, at a time grew out of secret inquiries by others asking Sue, how can I get involved and do what you do? So the goal of the organization is to make it easier for nurses to use their skills to help people around the world, to lower entry barriers, to increase, increase public awareness of the role and the contribution nurses make throughout the humanitarian world. And Sue says in her own words, I truly believe we can change the world. So that is Sue Averill. Now, Kevin, would you please introduce our other guest? Yes, we are also joined by this evening Christy Whiten, RNBSN, nursing and the healthcare field, has been an integral part of her life ever since childhood. Her earliest childhood memory revolves around watching both her grandmother and her mother as nurses in the related fields. Christy has worked in several areas, clinics, nursing homes, medical, surgical floors, and emergency departments. She's been a charge nurse, an emergency department assistant manager, trauma program manager, and educator in the ED. She is currently employed as a per diem nurse in the ED and works part-time at a local technical college as a part-time nursing instructor. She recently received two awards in 2011 from her current place of work, 2011 Distinguished Service Award for Leadership, congratulations, and of course, co uh, contribution to the Telestroke Program and 2011 Excellence in Leadership as a Manager Award, uh, of course, uh, congratulations again. Christy is a member of Emergency Nurses Association and American Trauma Society. This fall, Christy will be traveling with People to People Emergency and Trauma Nursing Delegation to China. Her volunteer work has been varied. She has volunteered through Kiwanis, 
food co-ops, and at her local church. After her brief introduction to One Nurse at a Time, Christy was hooked, and we're going to learn more about that this evening. She knew what, that she wanted to be a part of this movement toward getting other nurses involved in humanitarian nursing. Christy is extremely excited to be a part of One Nurse at a Time and to serve on the board. She's honored to be a part of this organization dedicated to improving humanitarian nurses' availability to helping people around the world. And we're going to find out more about that this evening. But without further ado, Sue and Christy, welcome to RNFM Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Well, welcome you both. It's so wonderful to have you here. I've been personally waiting with bated breath to have you on the show. Um, Sue, you and I spoke on the phone, I don't know, many, many months ago, and we're really excited to have you here. I've done volunteer work in many different places, but I really want to talk about what you all have done. So, Sue, tell us a little bit about the birth of One Nurse at a Time and the overall mission and what you all like to accomplish, what the real overarching goals are of the organization. Well, first of all, thank you both, uh, Kevin and Keith, for inviting us. This is this is really a, a wonderful opportunity to speak on a larger um, platform and to be able to reach, hopefully, a lot more nurses who might be thinking that volunteering is something that they would like to incorporate into their careers. Um, we started One Nurse at a Time in 2007, and the initial idea was um, because I was getting tired of going out for coffee with nurses in Seattle. Um, all kinds of friends would listen to my stories as I had been volunteering, and they would say, gosh, can, can I go out and have a cup of coffee with you? I want to talk to you about how I can get involved. Or I have a neighbor whose daughter is a nurse and really wants to do volunteering. Can she get in touch with you and uh, sit down with you and talk about it? And I was going out constantly one-to-one having these great in-depth conversations with nurses trying to get them interested in going out and volunteering. And that, as I talked to a couple of different nurse friends, that began to morph into an idea of how could we do this on a larger scale? How can we get the information out there to more nurses, not just one-on-one, but how do we get this information out there to the country and the world at large um, and try and help them overcome whatever that resistance is to going out and doing? Um, We started then by putting together a directory which now has, I'm not quite sure, Christy, maybe you know, um, four or 500 different organizations in a searchable directory on our website that nurses can go and put in their criteria, long-term, short-term, what type of nursing, faith-based, non-faith-based, all kinds of different things to see what organizations are working and who they can volunteer with. So that was how we began, was with this directory. Um, Because one of of the main questions, and we still get that, is I really want to do this, but I don't know how to get started. The the second piece of this was um, most of these mission trips that different organizations run 
cost a lot of money. They might cost anywhere from one to $3,000 for a week or two. And that's a lot of money on a nurse's salary. So one of the barriers is financial for nurses to volunteer their time. So we began to do fundraising um, and through the very kind donations of family and friends and a few different companies, we then are able to offer scholarships to help offset the trip costs for nurses going out and volunteering. That's a, a very big part of what we do. We've given, um, I think this year we will have given 20 or 25 scholarships, um, mostly around $1,000 a piece. Um, for nurses to be able to go and volunteer. So it's informational, it's encouragement, it's, um, it's the scholarship piece, the financial piece, um, and we have lots of ideas for the future of what we'd like to do as well. Wow, that is really exciting, Sue. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm going to say right here, right out front, it is holiday season, and if you're looking for a way to donate some money to a tax-deductible organization that you'd like to support, send some money their way. It's onenurseatatime.org. It is 501c3, 100% tax-deductible. And the money that we donate, is this true, Sue? The money we donate to your organization actually goes towards scholarships to help nurses volunteer around the world? Well, as Christy can, can tell you as well, we're all volunteer. We have um, one part-time clerical person that helps keep us organized. And other than that, our expenses are very, very, very low. So uh, I would say over 90% of the donations uh, go directly back out into scholarships. Wow, that's wonderful. So, Christy, would you like to say something about that in terms of the volunteer base of the organization and how you're involved and your general excitement about this organization? Sure, yes. I'd love to talk about One Nurse at a Time. It's one of the things that um, when I first heard about the organization, um, I at that time didn't have any children and so now uh, four years later I've got two children under, <laughs> under my arm so um, I was very excited and loved to have the, the opportunity to be able to to help um, people and children um, throughout our world as well as you know internationally and nationally and within my community um, so when I found out about the organization through Stacy Kelly and uh, Sue we, um, I constantly was pursuing sort of what was it about, what, how could I help out, how could I get involved, what can I do to help get this word out about this wonderful organization. And um, luckily, I pursued, you know, dil diligently enough that um, Stacy and both Sue uh, decided to take me under their wing and uh, allow me to be on the board and um, help uh, with growing the organization into what it is now. Um, I personally have not had any of the exciting stories that Sue probably will be sharing about volunteering in different uh, countries, uh, as well as um, you know some of the opportunities that she has done in uh, just recently. But um, my my volunteer work is mostly through uh, my church. It's fairly simple. Um, it's just blood pressure checks. But those types of things, in my opinion, I think is is just as helpful as it is. Um, you know, going internationally. I'm, I'm uh, able to help serve in my own community. But um, 
through this organization, I think the, the wonderful thing is, is that we are helping nurses get that opportunity and financially help them to uh, be able to serve um, wherever they would like to, to go. And uh, I think it's an excellent um, uh, resource and it's uh, a fun thing that I think that I have been able to say that's been part of my uh, nursing career these last several years. Wow. You know, uh, Christy, I can, I can certainly speak from that. It, it's, it is really great. And, and I know that there are nurses in the um, uh, church communities here in, in our area in Boulder who do the same thing. Uh, they, they just do simple blood, blood pressure checks or mm-hmm. um, they might help like calibrate like a glucometer or something like that mm-hmm. or educate someone a little bit further on their medications. And I know for myself, I've been in situations where I've, um, had someone approach me about their mother and they were started on a new medication and they felt something was a little bit off and what really mm-hmm. was going on was that they were experiencing um, some side effects of this medication. Her, this woman's mother was experiencing some side effects and it were pretty common and I explained that to her and, and she felt like she wasn't sure if the doc had said something along those lines as far as the um, side effects. She felt like he did um, but it, w- it just felt like such a rushed appointment, and I was able to kind of give them really a rundown of, of what the experiences are from my patient populations that I serve um, with those medications. And then that following week, they were able to go back to their doc, discuss this with him, and he then ordered a new plan of care, new treatment. And then a couple of weeks later, I heard back from him, and they were thanking me profusely just, just to have that conversation with me and that that opportunity to learn a little bit more about what they were doing in the plan of care. And her mom was feeling much better. She was getting the therapeutic effect of the meds and not as much of the side effect anymore. Um, and I always love to at least offer that to, especially community members um, that are in the church communities as I kind of cross-pollinate throughout all of the religious um, aspects of that. You know, I don't really consider myself uh, one religion per se. I'm just sort of a spiritual person and I like to kind of pepper mm-hmm. myself into various organizations. So nice. I, I would... Uh, I, I would say that that's such a, a needed uh, service um, out there, well, and, and Kevin, it, it really brings talking, the community together. Kevin, when mm-hmm. you're talking about that value that nurses bring, the uh, Nightingale Initiative uh, has put this out a while back. Eighty percent of the medical care that's provided across the world, meaning here in the United States as well, eighty percent is provided by nurses. And exactly what right. you're describing, how nurses can directly interact and help individuals, that's what it's really all about. It is, it is. And, and I, I have to say that it, it feels good to, to be a part of what we would call, and we've said this often on RNFM Radio, community-based care, really, um, within our neighborhoods and our communities. And we just people feel like they have easy access to us. And I welcome the opportunity to provide that kind of insight and education to patients just so that they're more informed when they go back to their healthcare providers. Right. Uh, yes, I agree. And, and Christy also talking about her work at her church, probably um, I would say 60 to 70% of the organizations worldwide that are providing care in the developing world are church-based without the churches being involved in uh, health care around the world, we'd be in a whole lot of hurt. Yes, yep. 
Well, that is so true. You know, faith-based organizations have just done incredible work all around the world and continue to do every day. And I just wanted to say, uh, Christy and Sue, that I just made a donation, a tax-deductible donation through PayPal from your website. So, folks, if you want to match my donation uh, or more, please go to onenurseatatime.org and and send them some money. It's tax deductible, and it's the end of the tax year, so go for it. I just hey, think. Any, anyway, I've just I've done volunteer work in Jamaica. I've done work locally. I've done volunteer work here in Santa Fe, just at the local shelter. So I've always done volunteer work throughout my my life. And I wanted to ask if a nurse is interested in volunteering, Kathy or Christy, either of you, but isn't really ready to go on a mission, can't really leave the country, say they have little kids like you do, Christy, or like Kevin mm-hmm. does. Um, name a couple different ways that nurses can contribute. What can they do? How can they get out there, even for an hour at a time? What do you recommend? You want to take this, Christy? <laughs> Well, I I think that it, it depends on what you are um, involved in. So for myself, uh, what I can do is is what I'm involved in. And so my children are involved in the church. I'm involved in the church. Um, so that's something that's that's easier for me because that's you know it provides daycare um, and during the church services as well as when I'm able to do the blood pressure checks and uh, things like that. There's um, Certainly, there's a lot of nurses at my hospital that actually do go out and do um, things like nick of time, nick in time, nick of time, sorry, events in which they uh, go to different high schools and do uh, EKGs and um, heart uh, monitoring for um, teenagers at the high schools. And there's other nurses that go and do flu shots. And those are, you know, short sort of, you know very small, one to two hour blocks of time, um, usually in the fall and in the spring. So they're not a, uh, a long commitment of one to two or three weeks of a, at a time. And so these types of uh, volunteer um, opportunities are, are just as easy to do um, if you do have children and they are uh, very abundant in many cities. Um, and you can definitely find them throughout um, our organization if you were to look um, them up on onenurseattime.org, and um, yeah, so that's that's probably what I would say, uh, give advice and, to, to mom. And I have a friend who does do volunteering through um, the same place where I work, and in order to support her going out on volunteer trips, she'll ask other nurses to work a shift for her, to cover a shift or cover part of a shift so that she's able to go. She was going to respond to um, the, the terrible Hurricane Sandy impact on the East Coast. She was going to go with the Red Cross. And all of the coworkers, all of the nurses that work there, everyone stepped up to take shifts or take pieces of those shifts. And that's something else that you can do. Um, if you're not currently in a position of going out and traveling around the world or even to the other side of the country, um, but supporting someone who's going to. And that may be 
helping cover a shift that may be um, babysitting for them while they go out and do something. It may be uh, financially contributing to their trip or to an organization like One Nurse at a Time where we then can scholarship people. Um, so there are a number of different things that nurses can do to support um, other nurses going out and working, as well as the things that Christy was describing that are directly in your own community. Um, there are also, in most communities, there's um, a national organization called the Medical Reserve Corps, and you can find their state uh, Medical Reserve Corps also on our directory on the website and contact the one in your area. They do local things like Christy was talking about, flu shots and uh, clinics for the homeless, um, you know, working with people who live in tent cities in these different kinds of things for those marginalized populations in our own hometowns. Well, that's great. I used to be the head of the Medical Reserve Corps in Amherst, Massachusetts. So that was, that was actually a very fulfilling organization and position for me. And a lot of what we did was prepare for, um, well, some bioterrorism preparation. We would do drills with the University of Massachusetts. We'd do drills with uh, local folks. And we actually used our flu clinics as a way to practice what it would be like to vaccinate, say, 2,000 people in a day. How would we do right. that? How would it work? So it was actually really fun. And that was... Um, it was a really wonderful experience for me to be the head of the, the MRC in Mass Amherst for several years while I was the public health nurse there. That's so really I wanted great. to ask, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. And I wanted to ask you all another question. How do you educate nurses? Do you, do you go around speaking publicly? How do you get the word out? And once someone hears about the organization, What's the interface like? Does someone talk to you on the phone? Do they just look through the database on your website? Once they connect with you, what happens once that connection is made? Well, well I, I try to push uh, Sue out there as much as I possibly can. <laughs> she does, too. Because she, she books me. All right. She books me places. <laughs> she, she has an a excellent uh, you know, speaking voice as well as mannerisms and, and just has these wonderful stories. So she does uh, she does do quite a few speaking events. I can't uh, honestly think of the last one that you've recently done. Um, um, I was invited down to Savannah in oh, April yeah. um, right. for the Honor Society of Nursing and spoke about volunteering, and it yeah. was a day-long program that was really pretty mm -hmm. cool. Um, I, we also, um, a couple of years ago, there was a, a book of um, stories by nurses working in different countries around the world. And two of my stories, um, I was quite amazed that they accepted into the anthology. It's called Nurses Beyond Borders. And once that book was published, we used that also as a way to communicate with nurses and get the stories out. Um, some of them are kind of heartbreaking, but some of them, you know, like you were saying, Keith, um, you do volunteer things, and it's really fun. It's not easy, but it's really, really fun. So I've used that to go into nursing schools and speak. Um, I've spoken at a couple of different um, was it a high school? I think it was a junior high uh, mm -hmm. here in Seattle. 
um, also and and talked about what it is to go overseas and volunteer. Most of the inquiries, we have a contact us page on the website. So um, nurses will write in and we probably get at least um, five to 10 inquiries a week from nurses who will write and say, I'm at this particular stage in my life, or I'm this type of a nurse, or I'm going to make a transition, or I'm looking for a way of volunteering, what can you suggest to me? And each one of those inquiries that come in, we answer it personally. We redirect them to the, to the directory so that you know, they can search on their own and then give them suggestions about where they might want to go um, if they have certain skills or they're looking at a particular place in the world that they would like to go. Um, we try and be that networking piece to get them to the right place so that they'll have a successful mission, especially those first, the first one or two missions that you do. If those are successful, then you're over that hump and you're ready to volunteer for your entire career. So um, we really try and match people up well with organizations that they might want to go with. Well, and I think, you know, we can also talk a lot about our Joe's um, nurses, our first mission that we, um, that, that uh, Sue took. Uh, how many nurses did you take, Sue? We took four. We took two the first week and two the second week um, with a, an organiz- a Seattle-based organization. We're in Seattle. We all live in Seattle. Um, and that came from uh, also these nurses who've come up and said, I've never done this before. I really want to go and do a mission, but I want to go with you. Um, that first mission is really scary, uh, and it takes a really great leap of faith to go and do that first one. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier for that first mission to happen and mentor and support them all the way through, not just financially, but actually physically being there and being vested in their success at doing this first mission. Um, and it's, it's named uh, for a dear friend of mine who died a couple of years ago and was always a very big supporter of ours, uh, her and her husband as well. Um, so we decided to do something special for Joe and all of the funding that comes in in her honor, um, we're using that to take uh, and support nurses who've never done missions before and, and mentor them through that process so that they'll continue and they'll be successful. Wow. Well, uh, speaking of success and, of course, um, feeding this conversation a little bit here, I wanted to, um, Christy and Sue, I wanted to bring in Deborah. Deborah's actually calling in from the Baltimore area, and she had something to add to the show. So, Deborah, you're live with us on the show. Hi, Sue. Hi, Christy. Hi, Deb. Hi, Sue. I can't believe I'm talking um, live to you. Good to hear from you. Um, nice to hear your voice. Just a, just a little add to about the networking. Uh, you mentioned that you had supplied about 25 scholarships to nurses just this year so far. And being a past recipient, I believe it was in 2011, 
I just want to let you know that those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to link with one nurse at a time stay forever grateful and forever dedicated. You have a Baltimore fan base here. You sponsored several <laughs> of us from Baltimore. And we get the word out here on this coast. Um, you know, we're excited. We're excited for what you're doing. Your dedication is phenomenal. Um, and thank I just you, wanted Dave. to wish you all the best. <laughs> and well. again, um, thank you a bunch for um, my opportunity to travel abroad. And, you know, thinking back about what you said about that first mission, indeed it is a leap of faith. Um, my first mission was about a decade ago, and I'm approaching my 15th in February. And as you said, Joe's Nurses is such a crucial piece in getting that first nurse hooked up with, some, with an organization like One Nurse at a Time so that she will return or that he will return over and over and over and throughout their career. So keep up the good work and take good care. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, Keith, Deb, was when we gave her a scholarship for her mission to Ecuador, she asked if we could also financially support another nurse named Chris, who had always wanted to go and had seen uh, Deb's dedication to volunteering. And between her organization, Equident, and supporting Chris, Deb mentored Chris on that mission as well. So now we've got, because of Deb, we've got another nurse who now is passionate about volunteering. And that's the way this works. And oh, the third that's as really well. wonderful. Yeah. That's really great. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for calling in. Okay, and thank thanks you. Thanks for thank you. volunteering. Good okay, yeah, good night. pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Deb. Good night, Deb. Thank you. Well, I just want to say that back when I was in doing my bachelor's at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, Massachusetts, they always take a group of nurses to Africa, I believe it's Ghana, and also to Jamaica. And I opted to go with the group to Jamaica back in 19, oh my gosh, 1999-2000. And my wife came along with the group of nurses as the uh, token social worker, and we worked at a hospital in Jamaica. And it was an amazing volunteer organization um, and experience. What happened was that my wife was in graduate school at the time in Keene, New Hampshire. She came back so psyched and so fired up that we actually partnered with a nonprofit called Global Children, and we ended up working in Jamaica for four more years on our own, building houses wow. and doing other work. So I know Fantastic. what it's like when, yeah, when that fire gets lit in you and you have an idea or you have an experience and you just realize, oh, my God, I can make such a difference by doing the most simple things. It's just an incredible feeling. And, Sue, I wanted to ask, uh, Christy mentioned that you have a lot of really wonderful stories. So is there a story you'd like to share that might really illustrate <laughs> might really illustrate the experience, the excitement, anything you'd like to tell that would just be a story that our listeners might enjoy hearing? Wow, I have so many stories. You'd have to narrow it down. No. I think the, um, first, the first story that you told me, Sue, about when you were in um where was it in Africa and it was it was like you were out in the middle of nowhere someplace. Most of them were in the middle of nowhere. 
I don't know if I can't remember the country you were in, but it just at my eyes were so wide when you told me that story. I was just amazed. I wish I could remember where, where country well, the, you were in. And there been, I mean, there there are lots of stories from um, oh my god, what am I doing here? Types of stories to oh my god, this is the most fantastic thing I've ever done. Um, you know, and some of the stories are really really heartbreaking of what you go through. Um, but certainly not as heartbreaking as the people that you're there serving. And other stories are really, really happy and really, really fun. Um, The latest thing I just got back a couple of weeks ago, um, I also, besides one nurse at a time, um, I try and volunteer as many places as people will invite me to, I, I say yes. Um, so this year I went to Haiti in January. I went to Guatemala with our Joe's mission trip in February, and I went on a surgical trip to Romania in May, which was really cool. And then I just got back from two months working with Doctors Without Borders in Mexico. Um, I, and this is my eighth mission with Doctors Without Borders. I absolutely love the organization. What they um, Doctors Without Borders is a, um, an emergency response organization, but they don't typically work inside emergency rooms. You're usually going into a conflict setting or a place that's been ravaged by either natural disasters or man-made disasters and then go in and provide medical care. But um, in Central America, the main issue is the violence of all the drug um, the drug cartels that's going on everywhere from uh, our southern border to uh, uh, South America is this chain of drugs into the United States. And it's really, really impacted a lot of these countries and has translated into urban violence. So as all the people from the countryside move into the cities to try and find better economics, better ways of life, um, those cities are falling apart in terms of violence, and uh, that begets all kinds of other problems. So Doctors Without Borders is looking to um, work in Central America in these places that are marginalized, yet they're fairly big cities. And where I was, um, I'm an ER nurse. I've been an ER nurse for 30-plus years now. Um, I went into Nuevo Laredo, into a public hospital there, and redesigned how the ER should be, how it could work. Um, And we just got approval for the project the end of last week. So now they will go in on a two-year project and um, fix the ER, fix the emergency response system, because that's broken down as well. You can't get an ambulance. They just don't exist. Um, and then uh, work on the public health clinic side as well. So it was a really interesting thing, uh, a bit more um, administrative and managerial rather than hands-on, but uh, it was still really pretty cool. That is awesome, and it builds on what I had mentioned earlier, not on this show, but on one of our shows here on RNFM Radio, I had an opportunity in my clinical rotation uh, going uh, my nursing school stint here at the University of Colorado in that we did a community-based uh, program, which at first I was thinking like, ah, this isn't going to be cool, you know, because I'm the guy, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the ICU, wanted all the technical stuff, and, you know, that's what right. I was like thriving in. But I'll tell you what, this public health 
slash community-based program was just awesome. And we, what we did was is we helped uh, individuals that were seeking asylum here, political um, mm. asylum, and they were actually um, here to – it was mostly females and highly, highly educated. I mean, one of the women I think had a double PhD, and I can't even remember what, what her background was. I mean, highly intellectual. And mm. they had just been very outspoken in their country, mm -hmm. and for that – they were either going to be imprisoned for life or executed. So right. they came to the States, and of course, between the legal team and of course the medical team and our nursing uh, community here, we were trying to help coordinate care because quite frankly, what it took for them to get here, they literally exhausted themselves emotionally and physically. They mm -hmm. were just, they needed so much health care. Um, they, they just needed so many bridges to be gapped because their, their right. nutrition was suffering and they were just so stressed out and anxious, and we were just advocating for them. And it was the most wonderful and fulfilling experience that I've ever had in nursing school and probably t in the top five professionally, um, I would say, for me, was, was just something to be able to, to give back to this community. And mm -hmm. it just reminded me of that. And it was just yep. – so when I, I always thought about what sexy was, and that was the ICU, well, this to me was like <laughs> just sexy as well, you know, and I, and I use that term – in a way that just it, it really got the juices flowing, and I was really excited by it. And I just encourage people to sink their teeth into something like that because you know the ICU is going to be there. But but these opportunities for both of us, it's a true gift for the nurse. Well, and, and the, the sexy the sexy is when that that person came up to you and looked you straight in the eye and said thank you. And I bet they put their right. arms around you and you knew that was the most genuine hug you had ever received in your life. That is right. so amazing. And right. you know that if it hadn't been for you being there and helping, even if things didn't go well, that, that they never would have had a chance. That's the second. Excellent point. Great point. And Christy, I wanted to ask, have you ever had one of those hugs when you volunteered that just really just moved the world for you? Uh, not necessarily when I'm volunteering, but definitely, you know, when I'm working in the field in my uh, oh, yeah. previous jobs. But no, not not anything exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> one of, no, Christy, one of the things that was really cool, we decided at Christy's church uh, last year or the year before, they were hosting a tent city, and we have a, a number of tent cities and quite a large homeless population in Seattle. Um, the weather is mild, and the benefits are pretty good here. Um, and Christy suggested that one nurse at a time, we should do dinner one night for them. So we put together this really wonderful dinner. We decided we weren't going to do hot dogs and we weren't going to do spaghetti. We were going to do um, spinach salad with strawberries and pork <laughs> tenderloin and mashed potatoes. And it was a wow. rainy, cold night. And we had all of our little ovens and the kids were all there. All the board members were there with all of their kids. And the guys were fighting over who was going to be carving and serving and how thick of a slice of, of pork that they got to give out. And they were, the guys were having a competition. Christy's husband and my significant other were having a competition at who could give the biggest piece of pork. And the folks that we were there serving – 
kind of the first one came back and asked if he could have seconds and after mm. that yeah. everybody was coming back for seconds and thirds and they yeah. said this is the best meal anybody has <laughs> ever made for us and that wow. was one of those moments yeah i that's think that's true I, yeah that was that was well, a that's... cool one that's wonderful. Well, speaking of wonderful moments, we actually have two callers. Uh, one oh, is someone oh. that you know, and one Uh-oh. is someone that you don't know, but I know. So first, we're going to bring on Leah Corkis. So Leah, you're live on RNFM Radio. Hi, Keith. Hi, and this is Sue and Christy from One Nurse at a Time, and Kevin Ross as well from RNFM Radio. So. Christy, I know you wanted to share something about your volunteer experience, so you have the floor. Leah. Leah. Leah, sorry about that. That's me. It's okay. Yes, I actually traveled to Brazil and did volunteer on a boat, and we were on a boat for maybe about three weeks going up and down the Amazon setting up clinics. And, And you do, you have those connections with those people, um, and it's a whole different type of sex that you hear you've been on a boat for weeks. But um, to look <laughs> into someone's eyes and know that you can't speak a word to one another, but to feel that appreciation where they've, they've received a type of care and a type of um, you know, attention, um, medical attention, that they, they weren't able to receive from their, their uh, community medicine man um, is, is very fulfilling. That's really great. Yeah. Who did you go with, Leah? Who, who was the organization? Um, the organization is out of Brazil, and it's it's called um, Operation Amazon. Hmm. Sounds like something and I want to do. Twelve of us. Oh, it was it was it was no words can express how wonderful it was. Um, just twelve of us on a boat. Um, we had food with us, but we would fish as well and just make friends with locals, and we would. We visit tribe after tribe of of these people who lived in the Amazon, and they were all very happy, and, and they just needed a little little R and R. Fantastic. Yeah. Were you? Have you written about uh, it? You, um, not formally. No, I have not. You should. Well, that, that's a very that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, Tell other form, people about it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can uh, write on the Huffington Post blog. They're p- always posting things from nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, other nursing magazines. Th- I mean, that's a fantastic story to to tell mm-hmm. other nurses. Talk talk to your um, if you work in a hospital. They always have newsletters, and they love to have stories like that from their staff about what they've done. Um, you know, talk to your local your local. Um, newspaper even well thank you for the suggestion i'd be happy to to share um the story and have other people also go out and and serve communities either near or far absolutely yeah that's great leah and you can always write a blog post for the rnfm radio blog too so you always have a platform where you can write something yeah thank you keith thank you yeah so, Leah, thank you much, so much for calling in, and it was nice to chat with you the other day. You and I had a nice phone call, and, and we'll be in touch soon. Absolutely. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good, good thank night, you, Leah. Leah. Okay, wow. well, we actually, have, 
We have another caller that's been waiting, and Sue and Christy, I think it's someone that you know. I'm going to bring her on right now. And Chris, you are live on RNFM Radio. Good evening. Hi. Hi, Keith. Thank you very much. Yeah, I would like to um, say hello to Sue and Christy and give them a, a great big thank you for the opportunity to travel with Equident. Um, my friend Deb, who called in earlier, um, recommended that I go and um, sort of help me pursue that whole um, avenue. But um, we went to Ecuador in February. And we're returning this February. And um, it was just an amazing opportunity. And, um, you know, to become a part of, of, a, of a greater cause, you know, in the global medical community, if you will. And it's something that I'll never forget and I hope to continue every year. And I really, I know for a fact that I would not have been able to go if it weren't for the generous scholarship that you provided. So I just really want to thank you for that and for the countless other nurses that you help every every year. So well, thank, thank you. Thank you, Chris. And yay for yeah. going again and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Me. I cannot wait. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks. All right, well, you have a great night, and this is a great show. I've had fun listening. Thanks, oh, wonderful, good. <laughs> thanks so much, Chris. All right, good night, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Good, good night. night. Good night. Bye-bye. That's one thing that I, I hear over and over from nurses is, I can't wait to go again. Um, right. Once well, no, they, that, once that they definitely, have that's, uh, one or two that great experiences, itself, sure. it's just, you know, over and over mm-hmm. and over and... Um, I can feel it in myself. If it's been too long since I've gone on a on a volunteer mission, I find I'm cranky and mean and unhappy. And I go on a volunteer trip, and I'm I'm floating about six inches above the ground when I come back. Wow. Well, that's really wonderful. And you know. Folks, if you hear Sue putting out there on Twitter that she's feeling cranky, then you know what to do. You need to support one nurse at a time and make sure Sue gets her, her travel volunteer fix because she needs it. <laughs> well, that's well, great. You know, well, I, I just wanted to say where I, I felt like, well, no, I was just going to say, I feel like this is really empowering because, you know, on RNFM Radio, uh, as you know, Sue and Chrissy, we, we often talk about nurse empowerment and just a lot of nurses are feeling beat down and just yep. dragging and not respected. Right. And what an opportunity because I know that there are so many people out there that respect who we are as nurses. They need us. They want us. They love us, you know, to help them. And again, what a gift for us and for them. And and it really is uplifting. I mean, it it's like you know, I use sexy earlier, but it's almost like a drug in the sense that you feel so good, the natural high of being able to, you have the, the tools, the clinical expertise, the ability to help these individuals, and you can do that. And, and, and just, they light up. They can't believe it. It's like a gift to them. But really, the gift is ours quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, to be and able especially, to do that. And especially when it's volunteering, too. When, right. you know, we, we, I think at some point we all question, um, you know, is this a calling? Is this a profession? Is this just a job and I'm waiting for my paycheck two weeks from now? Um, and I think volunteering answers that it takes away the paycheck. It takes away the comforts of what that paycheck buys you at home. 
puts mm-hmm. you into a completely alien environment that you have to conjure up all those all everything that you know, everything you've always ever learned, everything you've always experienced, and focus it in on a new situation and do the best you can for no reason other than that's why I'm here. Um, and it just kind of strips everything away to the essential core of nursing. And I think that's one of the things that um, gives you that almost spiritual sense when you go and do volunteer work, whether it's you know doing blood pressures with little old folks in a senior center around the corner or it's you know going to Africa somewhere, is that you're doing it because you want to do it and because you're there to help this particular individual that's in front of you and all the rest is stripped away. And when all the rest is stripped away, it's nursing. Sue, you nailed it. I I, I can't tell you enough how there are many nurses that I, that I see come back from, from volunteering um, overseas or or wherever. And, and it's exactly what you say. It's that spiritual sort of awakening and, and, feeling like that this is the core of their, their nursing, that this is why they went into the field. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's, and it's really, it's kind of like they come back with this little halo of, of, of golden energy and it, it's refreshing and wonderful to see and, and to see even in, bringing it back to their work in their own hospital or clinic or wherever they are. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant and it's, and it's, uh, it's just it's, it's a wonderful experience for these nurses to have, and I'm so glad that we are are able to um, be part of it and to help them to get to get where they need to be and to get out there and volunteer. I know right. I'm just I'm just absolutely tickled when our the nurses that we've helped in some way go out and when they come back and they share their pictures and they share their stories and mm-hmm. we put them up on the website and the blog and the Facebook and all of these kinds of things and just to know that just to see that glow about them and to know that we were part of that um mm-hmm. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's really well said. And, you know, Leah, who was just on Lyra Corquise, she said, we all question, is this a calling or is this a profession? And she's quoting you on Twitter, Sue. And she says, true, Sue, (laughs) volunteering is the answer to that question for nurses. And I think that's really a great statement, that Mm -hmm. volunteering gives us that sense that, wow, this isn't just my professional vocation. This is really something I can do because I love to do it, and it feels so good to use my skills in this really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Christy, I understand that you serve on the board of One Nurse at a Time? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And is the board very active, and are you all involved in making decisions and helping figuring out the direction of the organization and how to do outreach to nurses and other professionals out there in the world? Yes, uh, we have meetings, boy, not, not a, a I would probably say three to four times a year. Not frequent, mm-hmm. um, but we have lots and lots of email conversation. And we actually are having a meeting uh, is it Saturday. this weekend, too? It's this yeah. weekend, yes. We're doing an all-day-in-your-pajamas uh, sort of get-together at Sue's where we're going to brainstorm what our, our goals, um, some of our aspirations are going to be for this next year as well as uh, maybe the next five years. And so 
I am really looking forward to this. This is something that I said, let's have an all-day meeting. I really want to get together and, and talk about these things and and uh, and see what we can do to, um, you know, move one nurse at a time forward and, and uh, you know, see what some of us are our next and the, uh, and the board also discusses discusses every scholarship application. Uh, all of the board members weigh in, and we discuss those back and forth. Any mm-hmm. uh, any decisions, any issues, we we always discuss as a board. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, that sounds great! Yeah. And, and you do it in your pajamas. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pajamas. Perhaps yep. with a bottle of wine or two. Oh, we'll, well make good I think decisions. I'll be. I'll be flying out to to uh, Seattle any Seattle. day now for a meeting. And <laughs> cool. Uh, that's right. I, I actually am broadcasting in my pajamas right now. So uh-huh. you know, there you go. <laughs> I've got my Seahawk pajamas on. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Well, I think Kevin is checking to see we might have a couple other callers, so he'll be back in a minute and he'll let us know what's going on. But I wanted to ask, name just a bunch of countries where some of your nurses have served, say, in 2013. Can either of you tell us some places that folks have served? Um, Haiti. Uh, Right now we have somebody who's in Ethiopia, Emily. Uh, Tanzania, Kenya. Guatemala. We did the the nurses for Edna. Uh, Yes, Somaliland. Four nurses Mm -hmm. went to Somaliland. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, the four nurses that went to Guatemala. Marcos, uh, uh, nurses, where they all go? Great. Wow. That's, so that's it sounds like the, there's been, wow, quite a few. Yeah, I they, just wanted to they mention, go all over. Yeah, Sue, I wanted to mention that my... My niece does amazing work in Port-au-Prince. She lives right in, mm. in the city, and mm-hmm. her husband is a Haitian man, and they do incredible grassroots work, especially in Cité de Soleil. It's the poorest slum in Port-au-Prince. So if you need any inroads in Haiti, talk to me offline because I can hook you up with them. Great. Uh, Boy, there's there's still a lot of work to be done there. Oh, yes. So I have some connections in Haiti for you if you need some. Now, Kevin, I believe we have another caller. Do you want to introduce her and let us know what's happening? So speaking of more work, we have more callers and uh, more to discuss on the show. So Laura from Boston, you're live with us right now on RNFM. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And hi, um, hi Sue. And hi. Um, I'm a friend of Sue's from Seattle. And I am Laura. Hi. (laughs) But I wanted to share something that has been really inspiring to me, and that has been hearing the stories over the years that Sue has shared with me because I just left Seattle four months ago. And I remember specifically one of her earlier stories that she shared, I believe it was some country in Central America, Sue, where you told me about the distances that these very, very, very poor people had to travel and walk and take buses for like 24 hours and then endure these surgeries without a lot of anesthetic. And then a couple of hours later, they would have to get up and turn around and make the trek home. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, never complain, but be grateful. And I have to tell you that that story has stuck with me. And and you know that I have my own share of health problems. And there are many days where I have where I want to get feeling real sorry for myself. And I remember that story. And I remember thinking about those people and what they endured and and um, without the complaints and, and the courage and, you know, and so I just want you to know that your stories inspire people like me, too, who... Um, oh, thank you. Getting a little emotional here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, but, Laura. But, you That's know, it's, it's more than just for other nurses. These stories are really inspiring to people. And I think that's really important to, for you to know. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That's sweet. Thank you, honey. So thanks for doing the great work in the world. I, I miss you dearly, my friend. Thank you, Laura. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank, thank you, Laura. Wow. Well, there's definitely a lot of emotion involved in talking about this yeah. issue because it really brings up it brings up all of our feelings of for me it brings up my feelings of gratitude this being the end of yeah. Thanksgiving weekend that sense of gratitude and privilege of having the ability to wake up in the morning, put my feet on the floor, use a, a flushing toilet, get right. drinkable water from the sink, go to the fridge right. and get anything I want out of it hop in my car, and we all know, most of us who've been, or any of us who've been in developing countries, to Haiti, Guatemala, anywhere, we know there are so many people in the world who don't have those very, very simple, basic things that are really privileges for us, but should be things that everyone should have access to. So it does Especially open clean water, eyes, doesn't it? Oh yes, clean water. It does open your eyes to the realities of so many people in the world. Yep, that's very true. Yeah. Well, Kevin, do we have another caller? Is there one more person before we uh, before we, we, we say goodnight to our guests? Would you so bring Andrew him or her Lo on? Yeah, Andrew Lopez from Nurse Friendly and Nurse Up, of course, uh, king of the hashtag tweet chats. Uh, Andrew, you're live with us on this show, and I think you had something to offer here to our guests. Welcome. Thank you. One thing I wanted to mention, being a Twitter person, there is something called the Healthcare Hashtag Project, and it's a collection of online discussions. And they have a calendar of discussion groups that happen on Twitter called Healthcare Tweet Chats. And these go on topics anywhere from breast cancer to lung cancer to hospice and palliative care to Alzheimer's to caregiving, to mental health. And I discovered them about two years ago, and I found that you have patients here, you have doctors, you have nurses, you have caregivers, and these are all discussions that if you've been a nurse and you've done patient care, you can contribute to. And the people are so appreciative that I go in and I'll participate in the discussions and even if I don't think I have anything particularly useful to say, just the fact that I'm there 
and um, spreading the word about the issues that I'm discussing the topics and raising awareness. It's something that anyone can do from home in their pajamas. They happen <laughs> every day of the week. And something that you might want to check out. I put Thank the you. link on Arnip on okay. radio on the hashtag. Please search for it by name, the healthcare hashtag project. And thank Very you. Thank you. Right. We've well, got a pajama you. theme going here. Uh, yes, oh, yes. What you can do in your pajamas. That's right. The hashtag well, you pajama can definitely project. Tweet in, yes, you can definitely tweet in your pajamas. <laughs> and, you know, of course, Andrew, as, as you're aware, we're aware, Keith and I, and Andrew as well, we uh, know about creating engagement and awareness. So social media marketing campaigns um, you know, that's sort of the, the business and marketing, um, you know, speak, so to, um, to say here. But these hashtag projects that Andrew is talking about, just so that you know, uh, Sue and Christy, is that we can help create awareness about, you know, a foundation, a scholarship, a program, an organization, whatever that is. We can tie a hashtag to that, um, create this social media marketing campaign, and really bring people together and almost really crowdsource this um, mm. via the social media platforms. And we've been doing that. We did that for the NNBA conference, the National Nurses and Business Association conference in Florida in October, and we got quite, um, I would say, an engaging conversation happening on social media. And, and a lot of the nurses out there, this was all virtual. I mean, we had people at the conference but we were tweeting live and bringing in stories and links and promoting everyone and really collaborating. So it's, you could almost say it goes viral. With something, I say viral, it's almost like a flash in the pan. Like it's a quick like, oh, that was kind of right. cool, and then you know, it, it fades. This right. is something that, it, that could be sustainable um, for your uh, you know, organization. So certainly Andrew uh, is definitely a leading expert in that, and uh, we can vouch Fantastic. for him on that. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. All right. Well, That's thanks great. so much, well, thank Andrew. Thank you. Thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Well, well, I just wanted to mention, Christy and Sue, that we can talk offline about creating a hashtag for one nurse at a time and then really getting it out into the Twitterverse. So that's something we can touch base about later and maybe really see how we could build a lot of buzz about one nurse at a time. And meanwhile, right. we've been tweeting a lot during the show. It's been a very active tweet chat. If you check your at mentions, Christy, of, her, of One Nurse at a Time, you'll see there's been a lot of mentions tonight. And we've also been tweeting out your Facebook page because we want people to like your Facebook page and really help build the buzz about it. So that is facebook.com slash One Nurse at a Time. And, of course, you can find them on Twitter at One Nurse at a Time and also their website, onenurseatatime.org. So... Christy and Sue, this has been an amazing conversation. We're going to have to have you back on the show again for sure to talk some Thank more you. stories. But any last words, anything you'd like to say about the scholarships, about donations, about fundraising, anything you'd like to say, both of you? Well, well I, I, go ahead, Christy. <laughs> I, I think that uh, I, if you are interested at all um, in volunteering, I think our, our website, One Nurse at a Time, uh, dot org really gives you a 
nice sort of opening and uh, basis for you to start that maybe first mission. It gives you a lot of uh, points on education. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but um, there's some modules on here that uh, give you an idea about different types of diseases that you may um, deal with when you're out in the international uh, community serving, um, as well as, as you know our scholarship opportunities and um, recipients that we've uh, given scholarships to over the last several years. And then lastly, just some of the ways that you may, if you are interested in helping um, our organization, we do have um, opportunities for other nurses um, to help out in um, our organization. Um, there are several uh, listed on our website that uh, that um, may interest you. Uh, and then lastly, we uh, have um, a, a way for you to uh, give support and to donate to our organization. Um, we do have uh, scrubs and sweatshirts and things like that if you wanted some One Nurse at a Time logo items, as well as uh, donating directly to our site through PayPal. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Please. And what I Thank would you, like Christy. to say, what I would like to say is, whatever amount of time that a nurse has, there's always a way of volunteering. There's always a way of doing just a little bit more, um, whether it's supporting someone who's actually physically going out on a mission, um, whether it's uh, doing those blood pressures at your local church, um, whatever it may be get involved, find what your passion is, and do that. It'll be the most life-changing thing you ever do. And it's, it's a wonderful way to prevent or cure burnout as well. Speaking as a, an old nurse who's been at this a long time, I fall in love with nursing every time I volunteer. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you. That is a great suggestion for burnout prevention, Sue. So we really want to thank you both, Sue Averill and Christy Whiten, both from One Nurse at a Time and One Nurse at a Time not, excuse me, org. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're definitely going to have you back. I already donated tonight. We hope other people will follow my lead. So thank you so much and happy holidays. Thank, thank you, you, both Kevin and Keith. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Christy. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. So, well, Kevin, of course, for – no, no, I mean, this, this show could have gone on another hour for sure. Oh, and, of course, um, of course. We will let at least let Christy and Sue know that we will tweet out and post on our Facebook page and all of our social media platforms out there their, the links to their sites and how to donate and give and volunteer. So um, – because we, we almost had to like plug that right at the end because we had so many callers. There's a lot of action tonight, but hey, this is a very powerful topic. It really is. That's right. Yeah, it's a really great topic. And, you know, nurses really love to give. Nurses say they go into, nurse, into nursing to give and to be givers and to be compassionate and have something to contribute back to the community. And like Sue said, it doesn't take much to volunteer, and sometimes I find my volunteerism can sometimes be quite simple. I meet someone who's asking for money outside the store, and I take them into the Subway sandwich store next door, and I buy them a sandwich or you know something like that. So your volunteerism can come in many, many forms, and it doesn't have to be 
a trip around the world if you're not in a position to do that. Right, Kev? Well, no, I, I couldn't agree more with that, Keith. And, it, and it's so interesting. Um, you know, Sue makes the statement, and of course, you know, you're building on that as we talk about nurse burnout, and you, nurses might think, well, wait a minute, so I'm still going to volunteer to do nursing, to do very similar tasks that I do, yet that's going to help me with my self-care and rejuvenate me. Well, yeah, it actually is. Um, because, you know, she was saying, saying you strip down all of that. You strip down, you know, getting that paycheck and, you know, what's expected of you. And, I mean, you're truly giving back. This is a true sense of giving back um, of you, yourself, your clinical expertise to someone. Uh, and you just have to try it. You really do. I mean, you won't know it until you actually try it. And then you realize, like, wow, I am rejuvenated. You know, organizations out there should give. Um, I know that I, I advocate for this. Like, we, we allow staff to, to just go on, like, a sabbatical and, um, and, and take an opportunity to volunteer. And, and some organizations out there, it would be kind of nice if you could fund that, almost like build that into vacation time, say that that could be a paid experience for them to actually go out and volunteer or something like that. But maybe it doesn't have to be paid from the organization. But at least give them an opportunity well, to go on a sabbatical like that. Right. And I bet there are some really progressive organizations out there who actually do support and pay for their, their employees to go out and volunteer. So I'm sure there's some places out there that do that. So if any of you are listening and you have a workplace or an employer that supports your volunteer efforts, we would love to hear about it. You can email us or you can call us or you can even just leave us a message or send us a tweet. Let us know that your employer actually supports your volunteerism. That's really a wonderful thing. And again, if you're interested in volunteerism and you're a nurse, go to onenurseatatime.org. That is really the place. And I am sincere in saying that I already donated some money tonight. I was looking for places to put my money before the end of the the tax year, and it's a great place. So I just wanted to send a little money and show my support for Sue and Christy and all the wonderful people at One Nurse at a Time. Hey, Kevin, speaking of volunteerism, can I make a little shameless plug for something that I'm doing in my personal life? Indeed you can, sir. Take it away. Okay. Right. Well, back about half an hour ago, I was talking about some work that my wife and I had done in Jamaica after I'd gone with the University of Massachusetts Nursing School to Jamaica to do volunteer work. And a wonderful young man we met back then helped us repaint and decorate the children's ward of a rural hospital in St. Thomas Parish, Jamaica. And he's still our friend. His son is our godson. And what we're doing right now in our personal lives, which we do every holiday season, is we raise money for him and his family for various projects they're doing. And right now we're raising money, I'll say shamelessly, to help them buy the land where their house stands. We actually helped them build that house. We helped raise money to build it. But now the land is being sold. So we're trying to raise money so that he can buy the land actually farm it and not have to move and dismantle his home and move somewhere else. So if you are interested in donating a, a, some money to that cause, it's not tax deductible, but it's definitely a friend of mine and 100% of the money will go to him and his family. And what I'm offering over at nursekeep.com, if you donate $60 to the fundraiser, for Rainford Brown and his family, I will give you in return a 90-minute coaching session on any subject or 
anything you'd like to talk about. So $60 will get you a 90-minute coaching session with Nurse Keith. So get in touch with us on Twitter or at nursekeith.com and let me know you'd like to make a donation and the money will go to a very, very good cause. So you can give and also receive at the same time. So Kevin, that's my shameless plug for the evening. How's that? I don't think it's shameless, Keith. You know, again, any opportunity that we can give back uh, is is wonderful. And you know, I have to say that it it makes me feel so good that I'm in a position with my company that we are actually able to do a lot of what I, we consider it pro bono work. Um, I mean, really, mm-hmm. it is volunteering. Um, but I have organizations approach me or individuals approach me, and and sometimes it's it's just better for me just to provide the services at, at, for no fee, um, and and it really it means very little cost to my company, but yet the return that they're getting, the the clients that we're serving, um, that we're not charging for those services, what they gain from that is just immeasurable, and and really as an organization we just don't feel that, you know, from a financial aspect, which again, I'm very fortunate to say that. Um, And it's just a wonderful feeling. And it can be something as simple as this. I've had families approach me uh, with kiddos because we serve a um, a pediatric population or or kiddos. We work with schools and daycare centers and, and the like. And I've had families approach me and they need help with nutrition counseling and, you know, gluten free or uh, certain allergies or sensitivities, and, and I'm very well versed in that area. So I say, well, hey, I've got to go to the store anyway. Let's go together, and I'll talk. I'll walk you through. And I know the stores very well because I do a lot of the shopping or most of the shopping in my family, my household. So I not only know the store, I know about couponing too because I have three boys, and you know, always looking to save a couple of bucks when you can. So I help people not only work on their health and wellness based on the nutrition because food is medicine and good food is good medicine. Um, And I'm able to share that with them because I'm there anyway. I've got a shop. I know the drill. I know what I want to put in my kids' bodies in my own body. So, you know, and I know I I feel certain that that's what they want to do as well. So we just go along for the ride and, and I teach them along the way. I get my shopping done. They get their shopping done. And they are equipped with the tools to be able to do that the next time on their own and know what they're looking for. could be something as simple as that. Just a simple just offering to them. That's great, Kevin. You know, that's a great story. And there are so many ways to give back. And, you know, this is the time of year when a lot of us want to do that. This is the time of year when we'd like to give back. So it's a really great time to really consider the ways that you can give back. And it can be something as simple as what Kevin was just explaining. So thanks, Kevin. That's great. That's really that's inspiring. Right. Well, I just wanted to make sure that, that folks out there, you know, there, is, there are formal you know, processes you know, when it comes to volunteering in those organizations. And then there's sometimes it's just, or, or even in the church settings, as Christy was, was talking about, but sometimes it's just things that happen on the fly. You might overhear a conversation and you don't mean to eavesdrop, but you want to help someone. Next thing you know, you are providing a service um, to them, a much-needed service. And so, again, it's however you can give, whether it's this time of year or any time of year, um, just 
take that opportunity because you'll just feel so good. You'll it, it, just so elated um, and so and, and feel as if, boom, this clicks. This is what I'm meant to do. And it, it's rejuvenating. It really um, hopefully will make you feel even better about being a nurse. That's right. And that's what we like to do here, Kevin. And we're always talking about ways to improve your practice, do something new, and learn about other things that people are doing, that nurses are doing to innovate, to influence, to shake things up. And we have four more shows this month, Kevin, before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Can I run by our listeners who's coming up and what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks. Okay. Well, this Wednesday, we are having one of our Wednesday afternoon shows, and it is at 3 o'clock Eastern. We have Gary Bronga on the show. He is an inventor, and he has held many, many patents and trademarks and knows everything you need to know about patenting, trademarking, copywriting. And if you have a question for him, you want to know something about how to produce a product, how to bring an idea to fruition, he's the man to talk to. So this Wednesday, 3 o'clock, Gary Bronga, please join us. Now next Monday, this time, 9 o'clock Eastern, we have Denise Cope. She is my local friend here in Santa Fe, death and dying specialist, author, and nurse extraordinaire. We had a show with her last month, which was terribly interrupted by a hailstorm here in Santa Fe. So we are starting again with Denise afresh on the 9th. And on the 11th of December, it's a Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, Donna Cardillo, she is the foremost nursing career expert in the United States. Donna will be here live talking about her books, her retreats for nurses, and everything that she does. Donna is an amazing person and a great speaker and humorist. So she'll be here on the 11th with us. And finally, our last show of 2013, Monday, December 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern, Cindy Coopson of Allegra Learning. She's a holistic nurse educator, and Allegra Learning is a CEU website all about holistic health and holistic wellness and nursing. So we'll be rounding out the year with Cindy before our two-week break for the holidays. So, Kevin, those are the last four shows of 2013. What do you think? I think, like I said earlier in the show, we're going to squeeze every last drop of 2013, the opportunities, the experiences. We're going to embrace those and just really ring 2013 out here for what it is um, and introduce ourselves to 2014. But I think it's, it's a great way to go out here in 2013, quite frankly. So I'm, I'm really excited. I can't believe we're so close to the end of 2013. Oh, I I know it, and Cindy Coopson on the 16th will be show number 96. I can't believe it. So get ready, folks. We're going to have a episode 100 celebration at the end of January. Stay tuned for that. Kevin and I are cooking up some ideas for what that show is going to look like. So for now, Kevin, I'm going to sign off and wish you a good night and wish our audience a great night. We'll be back Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern with Gary Bronga. So Kevin, I'm going to let you say the final words and I'm going to wish you a lovely evening. Thank you all for listening to episode number 92 of RNFM Radio. My blessings to you. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you in just a couple days. Sounds great, Keith. I'll see you on Wednesday. And speaking of Wednesday, we hope that you we will see you there, or rather hope that you'll be listening in. As always, we want to thank you for spending your time with us here at RNFM Radio. We hope that you in some way have felt uplifted 
motivated and ready for something that moves the needle for you. And if that didn't happen this evening, we'll rewind the show and re-listen to it because I'll tell you what, there's some amazing content this evening uh, when it comes to volunteering to be reinvigorated, rejuvenated, and really work on your self and others and give back. So innovate and create. Find passion in your life and your career each and every day. Care for yourself while caring for others, and we look forward to having you back here with us again on RNFM Radio.